for fuck's sake, that's Hi, sorry. <laughs> I was just swearing. I did not even realize that I'd pressed record. Um, how is everyone? Welcome back to Black Women's Hour. I know our fans have missed us because I was out last night and people were going, what's happened to Black Women's Hour? What's happened to Black Women's Hour? And actually the people who watch Black Women's Hour, I'm very flattered and uh, very happy. I was very shocked at some of the people who approached me and said that they watch us and they're interested in Aisha swimming in the sea and our, our lives. Elaine, why, why, why are you looking like that? Um, can I ask, are they people who will make us look like aunties or are they people that would make us look like we're their cool big sisters? They were queer white people. Wow. Oh, good mothers. Yeah, they were not, like the people who were saying they listened to Black Women's Eye yesterday, last, uh, last yeah. night, I was surprised. An Asian guy had said, my friend said, Sam, I'm not, I'm not up for this today. I'm not up for this today. Don't do that. Do not do that. Excuse no, me. you're asking for a cream egg because you know I'm recording this and you think, because I'm recording this, that I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. What's to be me, nil to Abba? No, because get off, go. Anyway, um, no, I was at a drag show last night. Okay. Um, white queer people. Um, my friend Sam's brother, she's Ghanaian, she said that her brother was going, what's going on with Black Women's Hour? Apparently he watches it, he's an accountant. And an Asian person was telling me yesterday that they watch it and asked what happened. So we are back. Just ask, we must check when people watch it, whether they're subscribing. I mean, you know, we love you all. We love yeah, you, we love no. you so much. But hit subscribe, please. Cause uh, that means we can do it more. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, we like, for that more. We're not begging enough. We need to go on the full bag with subscribe. Like, comment, share. And if we are like our friends from the other side of the pond, cash up us without us telling you what the cash up is as well. Just We're going to make one. We're going to make a Venmo. We're going to make a cash up. And um, also our personal ones, because, you know, we're women. If you want to buy us some nails, if you want to buy us dinner, if you want to buy me babysitting, just hit us up. Just go. Never mind buying that. Buy me some electricity, please. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'll take petrol. Yeah. I'm really what's easy. going on? With the price rises, Elaine, you've been watching Martin Lewis and you've been watching PMQs. Break it down for the people, please, because we need to do something about this. For me, um, before I even get on to how it's, how it's, the only thing that has changed, because obviously we've been in our houses now for the past two years, um, pretty much. The only thing that's really changed for me is that like now staying in my house is becoming so unsustainable. I might have to go into the office more because it's too <laughs> expensive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too expensive. Like, I don't know if it's offset against my petrol, which is also expensive because my drive to work is a 40 mile trip one way and a 40 mile trip the other way. But like I had at the beginning of fake winter, I had like a buffer of about three, 400 pounds in my, um, in, in my gas and electricity because the um, company that I have you you have the same bill every single month and then they basically look at your usage and your pay and it's just going down and down I've only got like about 100 and something pounds left and normally that would like see me right through the whole of winter um and I, I'm not using anymore it's only me in my flat but it's really painful and it's I don't understand I'm really trying to understand what's the cause of this um the energy crisis at the moment 
They keep on talking about it being a price cap. A cap to me means that it should be, this is the maximum that the energy, the fuel should be going. Yeah. Except it seems to mean that the cap keeps on getting increased and they've said that our bills are going to basically double. And I understand that because obviously companies, if they've got like the operational costs or whatever, if, if the extraction of the fuels them costing a lot because you've got the issues going on in Russia and Ukraine, and I guess the UK might have sold off all this oil reserves and natural reserves or whatever. But it doesn't really reconcile with the fact that these fuel companies have also like um, announced record profits. And so Shell. I truly do not understand even if you are a staunch, staunch, staunch capitalist, why you would be asking us plebs to continue to pay if we can't even afford to go to work and eat ourselves and people might end up starving rather than keeping themselves and feeding their children. I just don't get it. Yeah, eating and eating or heating is a real yeah. thing at the moment. I'm on a um, meter, actually. It was here when I moved in. Mm -hmm. I just never bothered to change it. I just thought, oh, well, I won't have bills and stuff. No, when you it. see it, uh, huh? Change it. I'm told not to change it now because they said this is the one time to change it. I don't know. I, I don't now know. Why it's cheaper. I just thought, oh, whatever. It's cheaper, um, to have, it's, it's cheaper to have a bill. And a lot of people who are on lower incomes get caught up in that trap as well, where they think that they can manage their finances by having a prepay meter and then hoping that they might end up running on the reserve, but it's much more expensive. It's like- it, it's, it's, I'm watching it go down in real time. And I'm like, and compared to like last year, and like you said, it's expensive. I mean, I work from home a lot anyway, um, but watching it go down is absolutely unbelievable. It really, really is. And it's scary. Aisha, you're going to say something? Uh, well, the first thing was that Shell are making, was it £900 a second? And also, when you talk about being, a, even if you're the staunchest, you know, most sort of right-wing fascist, fascist, capitalist, capitalist, slip yeah. of the tongue, I mean, you know, potato, potato, but anyway, even if you are, it doesn't work because capitalism requires us, the little people at the bottom of the pyramid to spend money. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. the way things are going, we're only able to say, where do all the other businesses go? If you're a staunch supporter of business, which these Tories are proving not to be because they didn't cap business rights at raises. So everyone I know who's running an SME, their bills are going, so I know somebody whose um, fuel bills were 10,000 pounds a year. They're now 40,000 pounds a year. So they've you know quadrupled their, full, their um, fuel bill. And that's across the board for SMEs. So even if you are a staunch capitalist, you should be a supporter of business. If you are a staunch capitalist, where are those businesses? So what we are is we're a, we are a country that only supports the mega rich and the huge businesses because they have so much control. Our government's beholden to them and we're all completely stuck. There is no like, oh, we could just quickly change this because they're such monolith. They're huge. You know, how, how would you change? They're huge behemoths. How do you stop Shell? I mean, I'm all for just putting it out there. What are they going to do if no one pays their bills? Because that's what you need. Direct action. As we were saying, Absolutely. France, how much did France's bills go up? Anyone? We well, you know 4%. 
Because if they tried to put them up even 10% to present, France would be literally on fire. When I say on, we saw it. We saw it. We saw the Gilets Jaunes. You know, we see people in the streets. God damn, their opera and their orchestra are out there protesting about cuts to the arts. We need direct action. There's no other way. I guess the difference between ourselves and France in that respect, though, um, is they beheaded their leaders in the true and proper. No, country. I was going to say that with oh, no. <laughs> regards to their fuel, they have EDF, don't they? Which is a French, it's a French state-run fuel. Yeah, company. which we pay because exactly. obviously private companies are the right way to go. Except we can pay the French government for our fuel. That's fine. Yeah, and so that, and I guess, I guess that's that. That's also where they've got a lot more influence but it's it's horrible and i'm trying to think this winter wasn't as cold so far hasn't been as cold as it was last year and so i really would like to know how much my bills would be if it wasn't if it was colder i mean yeah. things like the electric um electricity i'm working from home so those things do still need to run your laptop needs to run your phone needs to charge blah 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 but then it's the other stuff too that we're paying for and gas is supposedly cheaper than electricity even though I'm sure our electricity comes from gas. Yeah, I mean, it, it is totally scary. I mean, I was just this week, I did two days of gigs to students and I asked them, um, like the, the people in the audience, I was saying to them, oh, how do you feel about the government and stuff? And the apathy, they just don't care. It's not that they don't care. I think, think that they feel powerless. I think they feel completely powerless. And that kind of old, um, you know, students, everyone used to slag off students who were protesting and this and that. It seems to be dying out now. Like the, you know what I mean? I think the attacks on education, the attacks on every single part have just, they're just wearing people down. And it's really sad to see. I mean, it might just be them. It might be the fact that they had been fed free, free Prosecco on the first day, but they were just really kind of like, oh, well, we don't like them, we just don't care kind of thing. They just didn't have any fight or any kind of get up and go. And I was just shocked to see it, to be honest. Mm. It is, it is um, sad, but I guess also, it might depend also on the um, demographic of the university as well, because if, if they've, they've already had to pay so much to go, are they are a lot of them from here or are they from abroad? There's quite a few Americans in actually. I was so shocked. I was like, why are you here when you could be in Harvard? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think maybe it was the demographic of the university as well, because I have been to Black Students Conference and spoken there quite a few times, and the fire in them um is unbelievable. So maybe it just was that uni, or maybe it was the time of day or whatever. But I just thought, wow, you know. Yeah. those particular people just or maybe they just didn't want to talk to me <laughs> that could have been it Aisha oh, I was just going to say one of the things and one of the biggest sort of lies and myths that's sort of been perpetrated is oh they're both as bad as each other they're all as bad as each other yeah politicians are a lot of them scum but they're not all as bad as each other as we know you know they're not they're not they're just not all as bad as each other. So I, I find that a lot of the time when I speak to young people they say oh they're just politicians they're all as bad as each other and I'm like no, you could have free broadband and no tuition fees now. Is that all as bad as each other? You know, no, no, it's not. To be honest, though, when I brought up Jeremy, they did cheer Jeremy. Oh. They did. And every time I've done a gig and I've spoken about Jeremy and I've asked what people think or what they thought, 
So I'm kind of glad that the propaganda, because what I would really hate effect, is for yeah. him to go down in history as what they painted him as. But I think that so many people are just like, we wish, we wish. But because, you know why, I mean, this is why we have to have direct action. It does feel like an unwinnable battle at the moment because they have such a big majority and Labour. <laughs> uh, Labour will go and abstain on the things they're supposed to be fighting for. Labour will not show up. They will vote with the Tories. Labour are a disgrace. I, I said it loud, I said it proud. Let's just hope someone's listening because I mean it with my heart. I, I, Can I ask you two a question? As I don't, I'm, I presume that at some point both of you may have been Labour Party members. I've never been a a member of a, a political party and I continue to have that right. Um, a lot of stall is put on Labour as an alternative, but when we think about the fact that definitely in our, our lifetime, that we only had an advert break of Labour and we basically have only lived through Conservative um, government. And then when I, when I, was, I was looking it up because I've listened to so many things where they've said that the Conservatives are the most successful political party in the world. And out of the past 100 and is it 20 years? So since 1900 or, or something like that. Basically, there's only been, I think, was it? Out of the 18 governments, six, there were maybe six Labour governments and two Liberal governments. And so is it just that you want to have a Labour opposition to try to like, or any opposition at this point, to try to temper how far whatever this is? Because I don't even think this is a right-wing government at this point. I just think that it's a, a bunch of Looney Tunes running to the dance of Boris because you've got people on the right and people of the left of the party who both think that he is a waste man. And so I'm just wondering what... Aisha, do you want to go first? Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say that I don't... So a couple of things. This isn't a political party. Boris isn't. They're not running to his tune. They're running to the tune of the very wealthy. It's really straightforward. And in order to protect the very wealthy, every single thing that they do is for that. The lack of right to protest is because when they continue to mess us up, ruin our lives, take everything, eventually, I can't see it happening, but it will happen eventually, I guess. Britain does has had rebellions when people have really got to the end of the tether. Maybe in 10 years, and we're all living in caravans stacked on top of each other like Ready Player One, maybe then the British public will finally revolt, but at which point they won't be able to because Robocops will be policing the street, you know? So but everything that they do is with the aim of sort of enriching the super rich but um i don't think that i think that there was a genuine labor movement for a long time and what's happened is that's been hammered down for years and years and years and years and years coupled with the narrative and the media being so sort of um sympathetic and i also think the reason we've had it is because the nation's culture the british personality is tory so we everything that you do from the left is a fight against the natural British inclination to be a Tory. You know, sorry, people from the North who don't feel that way, but I mean, you were North, you were the Red Wall and you all got swung by Tories this time. So maybe even, you know what I mean? Like to me, I feel like the British, the, a British person is a Tory kind of necessarily, um, RIP my mentions. <laughs> I, I would say, um, first of all, I've never been a member of- Okay, Labour. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was. 
um, because I reserve the right to criticize, especially um, even in the years I might have considered joining Labour under Jeremy, I never did because I, I was working, you know, working comedian. I think I've got the right to say what I want and I, I will never ever, even when I was campaigning and I was on the Jeremy Corbyn for PM tour and stand up for Labour, I still was not a member of Labour Party. I would say I agree with Aisha. Um, unfortunately, British exceptionalism is a thing and people do believe that they are the best people in the entire world. Aisha mentioned the North Wall. The North Wall uh, went blue because people prefer racism to eating. I've said that so many times. They wanted to get Brexit done, keep the foreigners out, get rid of all of us. That's what they kind of thought to themselves. Oh, we're gonna get all our stuff back to ourselves. First of all, you never had any it's stolen goods. You know what I mean? I think it's the only country, you know, it's illegal to receive stolen goods, but that has not trickled down to the British at all. And also they just really believe that they are better than everybody else. And that is because of the culture that we have. I mean, as someone who um, attended boarding schools and stuff, I see what is drummed in from very, very young. I see that the way that they are taught that they are better. And then unfortunately, everybody aspires, not everybody, but a lot of people aspire to be them. You, I remember saying abolish private schools, right? And this guy got into um, my mentions on Twitter and got into a big argument with me. The guy was wearing a high-vis jack, jacket, right? And had to go to work at 5 a.m. And I said to him, I don't think you understand the difference between a private school and then, yeah, I sent myself to one, but whatever. Like, I don't think people understand the level, the difference. Like private schools are way up there. State schools are way down there. The equipment, the books, the every single thing. Sorry, sweetheart, you're falling asleep. Can you put on a pull-up, please? Um, like the difference in what they get and what is drummed into them. They will bring in like speakers, the best speakers to um, uh, uh, talk to the kids. They have a program going on. I'm telling you, if you wanna know what's going on in the world, watch what private schools are doing. When private schools started teaching Mandarin, watch what they're doing. When private really? schools are not allowed, yes, yeah, my one goes to one and she's been learning Mandarin for years now. Yeah, yeah. because they know the, world, the way the world is going. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, sorry, I got a little bit distracted there and forgot what I was on about, but watch what private schools are doing. I'm telling you, look at how they were closed during COVID. That told you every single thing you wanted to know. Don't put your pull up on, on screen, no one cares. No, what I will say is one of the things that is different as well is, and I mean, I, I didn't go to private school, but I went to a grammar school and I went to a, to a comp at some point. So at the time they went to the grammar school, it was the best non-fee paying school in the country. And uh, every day we had a great headmistress. Shout out Marsha Elms if you're still around. Um, and she had a bob, blonde bob. And she used to wear 10 denier tights, but she'd always wear her headmistress's gown just for like Tuesday assembly. Anyway, she'd have a sauna and she'd go, girls, 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 we all like a short skirt. We, I mean, we all do. And she'd be wearing a short skirt herself. Could barely see it under the gown. And she would say, but some of yours are getting ridiculous, girls. So come on, an inch lower, just an inch. You know, anyway, she was fabulous. But she would also say, girls, you're the best 
girls in the country, the mm -hmm. best girls. Nobody's, you're chosen, you're the cream of the cream. Nobody, you know, and all of that is continuous. And we knew because we were there because it was so selective that you actually are, but it, it's the things that you're told. I mean, you know, Ava, you were saying private school, you can't play. And, you know, I was at, a state, at state schools and we would play hockey, but Reading's got really, really good schools. We would play with a couple of private schools, but not many. Reading is full of private schools. I but was not... actually speaking to a comedian about it and it still affected him to this day. And he was talking to me about... He would uh, go into assembly and the headmaster would be yelling at them all, going, you're rubbish, you're nonsense, you people don't know how to behave. He goes, remember at school when they did that? And I went, no, <laughs> I don't. I said, I remember <laughs> Lane's cat. Um, I was saying, I remember at school them telling us, you're the best. You're the best of the best. You are the creme de la creme. You're amazing. You're going to be world leaders. I remember thinking as a black kid, where's my people then? Where, uh, why does no one here look like me, apart from my brother? Like, what is going on? Do you know what I mean? Like at my first prep school, it, I was so going, well, if this is the best, the best, and these are the world leaders, where do I fit into the world? And that is, you know, I became um, political in a racial way. Like racial politics was so important to me. Age of five, six, because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. I was like, no one here has got my skin tone. So where, what are we meant to do? What are you trying to say? So it was very weird for me because I was getting all these messages coming that you are the best, you're amazing, you're brilliant, you're this and that. And then I was also seeing in real time, well, we're not here. Stop, can you behave? No, I don't, thank you. I'm not painting your nails now though, am I? I said I'll paint them at some point this weekend. Um, <laughs> so we were speaking about well, our politics. <laughs> she wants it because I have the lamp and I have everything here. Yeah. The, um, she the wants gel, the, yeah. gel nails. Yes, she wants her nails done with gel. All right, Elaine, we can see your nails are gorgeous. They're yeah. very gorgeous. She wants me to do the whole shellac thing for her tomorrow. I'm certainly not doing it. Interestingly, so it's coming back to our point originally, but tying into this. So when people are cutting taxes for bankers at the same time as the uh, Bank of England, you you heard the list of mm -hmm. things that they announced. We're about to have the biggest real time, real, um, what's the word, real world effect on our outgoings ever mm -hmm. since the comparative records began, I think 30 years ago, ever, 30 years ago, right? And at the same time, now I don't know if the Bank of England keeps this stuff secret from the government. I assume they don't. So when the government were voting through this um, banker's tax cut, they knew this, right? And they all did it. And that's the problem with private schools, in a nutshell. Because none of those people are real people. So they're sitting there, and so you take a hundred pounds off me, or then two hundred pounds, because this is all what it equates to. You know, it used to cost me fifty pounds to fill my car up, and now it costs me seventy pounds a week. That's twenty pounds a week. That's eighty pounds a month. And then you add on a fuel bill. Then you add on the. Uh, and they said inflation set to go further than seven percent, which worries me because they're the Bank of England, and they should be good at math. They probably know how high it's going to go. They just know it's significantly higher than seven percent. They don't want to say it. But that's the problem with private schools. Boris Johnson writing essays about whether you should use water cannon on protesters 
Uh, at, what, at which point, at school, I, I was never set an essay like that. I did only essay subjects for A-level, you know? It literally, it's, it's literally, and I, I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I don't care if that stalker wants to harass me. The stalker started harassing me, basically. Um, because I said the Tories are a legalised crime syndicate, and that's exactly what they are. We exactly are what they are. Run by gangsters. They're literal gangsters. Yep. You don't want to think of Dishy Rishi as a gangster. That is what he is. Did Boris you see the stats about his wife? Sorry? His wife's worth 450 million. Um, she took so much money from, uh, she got paid so much money from in furlough for her companies, and she's got an outstanding tax bill of half a million pounds. And do you see what they've done when it comes to the furlough money with companies that took it? They've, she's written it off. He's it's not off. While increasing national insurance. National insurance. They're all about their donors. But national insurance is not a tax, remember? National insurance is just there for, I don't know what it's there for, but remember, it's not a tax. Sorry, it's can I just tax. insert blinking gift now, please? I don't <laughs> understand. Something you take from me every month that goes to the government no, but feels always, like a tax to me. They never, because they will always say that we're not going to increase income tax. They'll talk about VAT, but national insurance is never, ever really described as a tax. So when they're yeah. talking about in, increasing taxes and it's a 25% to 40% robust, but, um, national insurance is never really ever included and then people also have this myth that the national insurance seems to pay for in, um, the nhs um or for pensions or for whatever thing is of the day but obviously we know that it's a tax but it's a tax by another name exactly exactly moving on um from the toys a little bit um just to do a comparison diane abbott had the audacity to stand up and ask a question in PMQs. And Aisha, you're the one who raised this before we went on air. Sorry, I just muted myself. Yeah, she um, was speaking and she was, as soon as she stood up, the Tories are jeering and cackling and laughing. A day after Nadine Dorries was, I mean, I don't know, allegedly, can we say allegedly? Do I have to say allegedly when I can yes. see her face? Yeah, and I, I'm, a, I'm a great, sorry? Please say allegedly. I, don't I knew you. I thought you were going to say. Please, I'm begging already. you behave. Um, so allegedly, and I, as somebody who's been around people who've uh, ingested questionable substances on many occasions, Nadine Dorries was allegedly um, not in her right frame of mind, or not sober, or whatever. And Maybe she just sat there. Sorry. It might have been a hay fever tablet. It might have, because I can take six of them a day and I'm completely normal, but she obviously just mm. lightweight. I guess um, she was just, yeah. How many times though do we have to see Tories in that state? Did you ever see the video? Sorry, you my broke friend? up with me there. What was that? I was saying, how many times do we have to see Tories in that state? Like, did you see the video of Michael Gove who was swaying and you know, and do you remember the one with George Osborne? when he was speaking to those children, they were singing in a choir. And this man was off his nut. Like, how many times do we have to see that? How many times- That was paracetamol. I mean, come on, come on. That's why I said legalized crime syndicate and I will. In fact, I'm gonna put it on a t-shirt and whoever wants to stalk me can stalk me. That will be part of our Black Women's Hour merchandise. The Tories are a legalized crime syndicate. Okay. And I have a t-shirt that says Boris Johnson is a waste man. 
that. Yes, that too. <laughs> no one can tell me. Anything. I'm going to get a T-shirt saying Boris is my baby daddy. And people will believe me. I mean, no, they won't because I'm black. But I mean, <laughs> it's like, honestly, it really is awful. It's disgraceful. I don't know what else to say about it. I, I've actually got to the point, though, where I almost don't care. I kind of, you know, I'm sorry. I'm so, you're snoring. I am sorry for all of us that are feeling that's the point that's the plan that people deserve no it's not even that i think you're getting what you deserve you're getting what you ask for and so i do find it very i'm 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 like half and half i'm upset obviously we are all suffering along with them but part of me thinks serves you right serves you right like you said how many years of tory rule have we had how many years and the majority of you are not and you want to be them so badly that you're going to keep voting this nonsense in again and again we got the government we deserve well i live in the independent country of london so the rest of the country the rest of the country who voted for this these people but we're, we're reaping the we're reaping the disadvantages as well but london's country Pardon? Right. Is everyone um, up to date? Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. I, shall... I can now. I can now. But for Hi, a everyone. Oh, you're, you're frozen you now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're frozen, though. Yeah. I'm freezing. Yeah. You're back. Back. Oh, no. Okay. Great. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Sorry if you can hear my daughter snoring. Sorry, mm -hmm. I would think she was the one to went see to campo last night. <laughs> um, yeah, the toys. I don't know. So I was saying, I don't know. I know that Elaine, you said you live in the Independent Republic of London. Um, so basically, you're it's in a different country. Place. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, I do think sometimes when you see these people complaining, crying, you got what you asked for. What, what did you think was going to happen? I don't know. Maybe I'm being, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think. So, yeah, Diane Abbott is basically treated as a joke. It's so disrespectful, honestly. It really is. And I just think it's when you, when they see black women in positions of power like that. Michelle Obama is the most qualified first lady, uh, Ever. She's the most educated first lady ever, and still calling her gorilla in heels. I mean, I really, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I don't know when these things are going to change. Not anytime soon, I would imagine, because no. all that stuff, it, we're going the opposite way, aren't we? Really? It's become more acceptable recently than it was 15, 20 years ago. Yes, it has. It really has. I think this whole pushback on woke and the fake culture war that they've cultivated has taken us back. But then again, we know what white supremacy is. White supremacy will adapt and change to survive. White supremacy yeah. will change. It will start including other groups like, you know, oh God, the Whoopi Goldberg thing this week. I think that was a yeah. very, uh, you know, it was a thing where people did not 
she really did not understand what white supremacy is because when she's talking about the Jewish people being white people, they were not considered to be white people uh, yeah. at that point. Polish yeah. people at one point were not considered to be white. Italian people were not considered to yeah. be white. And white supremacy, and I've, I've seen that, and I've been, Elaine's been there as well. I've been in a lot of discussions with uh, foundational black Americans over the last week and the last 10 days. And when I hear some of them speaking about African people, I just think, wow, white supremacy has really done its job. I mean, they speak about uh, the black people in America being uh, mixed with native people from America and the first people in the America, you know, in what we know as the USA right now um, were black. And these are the people that they mixed with. I'm sure there were some black people that lived in America, what we would consider to be black people. And I know about reclassification. Anybody who's followed, you know, reclassification has been done over the years to people to, um, you know, to get them out of owning property and having any kind of rights. I understand that. But I do also, you know, white supremacy is, it's so unoriginal, it's so uninspired, and it's so unimaginative. And they use the same tricks on people over and over and over again. And I think it's quite, you know, the foundational black- and they fall for them. Yeah, they keep falling for it. They and when you say fall for them, see, this is the thing, they're invested in falling for them. If you're a white person, you're invested in falling for this shit. Right. And if you're a light skinned black woman, you're invested in falling for this shit. If you're a man, but a black man, you're invested in falling for the patriarchy part of it. There's so many levels. That's why it's so, you know, that, that's what it boils down to. Right. Exactly. I mean, the reclassification thing makes absolutely no sense. I mean, look at South Africa. I was really shocked to see a clip going around about a South African person who was speaking about African-Americans. I really was shocked because I thought, really? You of all people should know better. I'm sure you guys saw this clip on, on Twitter. I mean, South Africa is a place where it doesn't make sense. Look at Sandra Lang. If you ever want to see an a example of how it doesn't make sense. Look but there's at a lot of, um, from an African perspective, there is actually quite a lot of xenophobia going on between South Africans as well, with a lot of the anybody else who's not them so in certain respects it does make sense and i know that when we were talking about the foundational black um americans discourse over twitter over the past few weeks the um people who actually agreed with them out of the african continent were a lot of south africans who were like yes we agree with you we understand you whilst everybody else was like you know what like i used to work in south africa i worked there nine years straight until i had little one and that's white supremacy that's got them. Because South, white South African, uh, black South Africans, even during apartheid, apartheid, were told, you are better. Look at the um, infrastructure in this country compared to the rest of Africa. You are so lucky to be here. And they've carried on with some of that stuff as well. And they've just gone forward with it. And you know, I've seen the xenophobia in South Africa. I remember there's a place, um, in Johannesburg called the Hillbrow. And it's like literally known as the roughest place ever. And they say, I'm saying like, oh, okay, you know, why it's full of Nigerians. I mean, what was their big film, District Nine? Well, I mean, that really was, that spoke to 
what was going on in that place, you know? It was unbelievable, yeah. So South Africans, black South Africans have got this kind of um, uh, superior superiority complex that, um, yeah, they're trying to instill. That That's still white supremacy as far as I'm concerned. But the foundational black Americans are an interesting, uh, interesting bunch of people. Interesting, I will say that. I, um, I think they're your new best friends, aren't they? Huh? Oh yeah, and all of you stay out of my DMs because I am. I'm just DMing you. Yeah, I'm not polite in the DMs. I'm not polite in the DMs. If you, oh, I, I mean, I, I, sorry. I to be honest, a lot of them are DMing me and not being confrontational or anything at all. For some reason, they want to persuade me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not important. Why do you care what I think? Why do you care? And um, I think. Some of them feel completely misrepresented um, when it comes to their movement and what it's about. And I don't, I don't understand why they feel the need that they have to tell me about it. But I've had some interesting conversations with them. Some of them, some of them are, are, are interesting. I get why some of them believe. I'm seeing a lot of young black men are in that movement. A lot of young black men who feel kind of powerless everywhere else. And this kind of movement has really um, has really driven something in them and spoken to them. There's some of what they say makes to me makes sense. It mm -hmm. does. It does. And I do believe that um, African Americans have got their own culture that is different from us, and is different from even us as Caribbean people who are also descendant of slaves. It is a very unique culture. I mean, I know that in Dominica, for instance, in Grand Bay and whatever, these are the people who really try to keep their ties to Africa strong. And I know, you know what I mean? If you're a person who travels, you will see around the world how mm. black communities have tried to keep things. And we have, we all have the oral tradition where we've passed down stories to our children and stuff like that. So I don't, I think the foundational black Americans, what kind of bugged me about them was the assumption that we were against them or that we were trying to stop them having this like unique culture. I'm not trying to stop you doing anything. I don't care. I agree with you. I do think you have got a unique culture. It's, it's, it, you know, they, they went through um, obviously slavery and they're still on that same land in a, a country where they were a minority and they had Jim Crow as well, and they still have to live amongst those people, and they are being executed by the state, let's be honest. You know, I, I found so many of those conversations and Elaine did help me um, host a Twitter space. We have another Black Women's Hour Twitter space coming up this Sunday at 4.30, where we will be speaking about, um, basically it's entitled, why can't we all just get along? So we're gonna be speaking about non-Black people of color and anti-blackness and their communities and stuff. But then we're speaking about what the Tories are doing to us, uh, which hits us all across the board. So we're gonna have to find some kind of ground. I know in the seventies, they have political blackness. I'm, I'm not going back to that. We'll find another way, but uh, yeah. But foundational black Americans, I found, you know, I, I just thought, why, why do you think, you know, you guys are paranoid, like, why do you think we care? Have your culture, I don't care. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to um oh, God, I'm really looking forward to that conversation because 
because I've had some really interesting conversations this week um, about um, there's a gentleman that I, I might be working with and I had a really interesting conversation with him about like his time coming up in the UK from when he arrived in, from Jamaica and um, he would probably be, be identified as a black man because he, but he's, because he's Jamaican, but he's Indian heritage and Chinese heritage. And from what I can tell, there's no, what we would class as black. But when he came here, everybody, he's definitely Caribbean man. And, oh, anyway, his story just sounds amazing. Like all of the, and what we were talking about earlier about the activism and demonstrations and all of these things that were going on, like during the seventies and eighties. So, I'll be reunited as one. And then on the other hand, I'm also reading a book um, called Kill the Black Bomb First. And it's about um, Mike Fuller, a black police officer who became the first chief constable of Kent. And he was coming up in the, kind of the same times. And for some inexplicable reason, this man wanted to be a police officer and was at Brixton riots as a police officer. I'm, yeah, can't wait to finish this book. And it'd be a great person if we could have one at some point because it's a fascinating book. Him or Leroy Logan, because I don't get it. Even though, yeah, you do. I do. As someone who was a prison officer, I do. I get it. I get why you might want to be. I get why you'll get a rude awakening also. But I get, because I thought to myself, that's not going to happen on my watch. You're not going to be beating up black inmates on my watch. You're not going to be doing that to them. So I get why a black person will go, yeah, I'm going to go in there. Like I said, you get a rude awakening. Yeah. I mean, we have to just look at what is going on in the, in the police. Charing Cross police have been under fire. Charing Cross police are very interesting to me and I'm not going to speak about it right now in depth, but Charing Cross police are the people that I had to deal with when my daughter died in trying to get charges pressed against certain people. And so now to see the WhatsApp messages between the police officers and to know that police officers have been under investigation uh, for writing messages about rape, very misogynistic messages, um, laughing basically at victims, writing about black people, Muslim people and stuff like that, and still were able to get promoted, um, you know, after being involved in stuff like that. It's, it's, we're going through a very interesting time. And I think that a lot of women are finding it very difficult, um, you know, reporting crimes to the police simply because of the police's attitude. Have you read up on that this week? Oh, I have read up on it and it's, um, it's just bizarre. To, I mean, it's bizarre and it's not bizarre that um, the police commissioner is still there. Um, but I think once the House of Cards falls, I don't know who's going to go first, if it's going to be her or Boris, but it's likely to be Cressida before Boris because too many people are gunning for her now. Um, also, he makes sure that the subordinates go. That's his absolute MO. Even though he's messed up, even though blatantly it's him who deserves to go, uh, Allegra Stratton gets sacked, for example. Oh, it's these resigned Boris tweets make me laugh. He ain't going anywhere. He doesn't I know. Care. I know. It's so funny, isn't it? He doesn't care. As far as he was concerned, he said he was born to rule. He said this as a kid. You know, he said this as when he was a child. He doesn't see it like this. Boris doesn't see almost that he's been voted in. As far as he's concerned, 
he's almost like a, an extra branch of the royal family. He doesn't care. He's not going. When people try to appeal to his better nature, I just wonder why. Like you are honestly wasting your time. I just don't think, yeah, everybody will go around him. I mean, look at Dominic Cummings, as I said before, is saying stuff and revealing stuff that would have brought down any government in the world. Exactly. And they government. British exceptionalism as well. And they think they're bigger and better than everybody else. It's a combination. All this talk. But I don't just think it's that. I think people are actually really, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of people are really stupid. I've literally seen clips of people on the news going, oh, you know, it's Boris, he's done his best. And I'm like, well, we're, when faced with that level of frank, I mean, is it stupidity? Is it delusion? Is it whatever it is? The combination. You deserve what you get. When I have private health and I'm climbing over your bodies to get to a private health doctor when you're all piling up outside the NHS, I'm going to be like, sorry. He's still voting Tory, and you know what? They will be, and I'm going to be like, good. I have private health. Go in the lane, sorry. No, you should have private health. Don't you look after yourself, Elaine? Yeah, but it's... um. I have private health care through my uh, father's job. I've had it through many jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I, you're going to have to at this point. Honestly, what are you going to do? If my daughter here is sick, and I can scrape together the money to pay for her to jump. I'm going to do it, yeah. and that is what they get. That's what they count on. Do you know what I mean? They but not just that; they also count like I said, on. When it came to schooling, if I could jump, if I could put my kids in private school, I would love to put Mimi in private school. I will do it, and I guess I'm part of the problem. I am. I'm the problem. It's me. No, 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 no. Because when you're black and the school system's guaranteed to fail your kids, right? You aren't putting your kids in private school to give them a head start. You're putting your kids in private school to give them a start. You know, you are putting them there to put them here on a par with Tarquin, who goes to the North London Comprehensive. But it's this North London Comprehensive where every house costs three million quid. So it's self-selecting anyway. You know, it's it's a nonsense. It's like, you know, I live in Brighton and or Hove and people are just moving. Although multiple kids in my son's class have just been taken out to go to private school already. Plenty will be going to private school for secondary school but you want to live in an area with a they only have one good secondary school uh, they have no outstanding secondary schools in Bryan. have to be the suburbs the rest of them are good that's because all the really you know everyone else takes their kids out but if you want to go to a good one you have to pay i don't know let's say five to six hundred thousand pounds to your house to be in that catchment area or, or your flat probably even and so again self-selecting it isn't the, none of these things are accidents are they so you put your kid in private school why is that different from somebody who has money moving to a house that costs a million pounds to get into a good school sorry somebody needs to explain the moral difference between the two of them because there isn't one before we went back to Boris, because I could go back to Boris. Oh, you want to talk? Oh, I struggle with Cressida. Diane's asked for her to go again this week. Cressida Dick is just, you know, I'm sorry, just to cut in um, before you. Um, I think I'm going to retweet it on my Twitter page and on Black Woman Out, Black Woman's Out Twitter page. What happened to John Paul Charles de Mendes? Mendes, yeah. Did you I see that thread? People realise the story. I eight, really seven times, eight times. I understand what happened to that guy. It was absolutely outrageous. 
and Cressida Dick was the commanding officer at the time. Elaine, you were going to say something about her. Uh, that was literally what I was, I was about to uh, say. Sorry. But her, her other boss, because obviously she's got two bosses, she's got the Home Secretary, she's also got the Mayor, and the Mayor, Sadiq Khan, has basically put her on notice. Um, and so I guess it's to see as he wants to make sure that she's got like something to urgently tackle all the nonsense that's going on with the Metropolitan Police. Um, what I find ridiculous is that um, it just seems really weird. Like I'm thinking that it's like over 40 years since Scarman, you've got um, the Stephen Lawrence inquiry, you had the Lamy report, you had so many different reports from a racism perspective before we get on to why the police have got rapists and abusers there running running riot as well. I don't understand how many reports you can possibly write to reform the police. Why don't they just really do it? Police are so stretched. I mean, you talk about the Tories and the police or whatever, the police have been cut. So, I mean, I'm trying to get something done with the police at the moment. I was speaking to the woman. I was like, what is going, why is this not moving? She goes, because I just have to keep going away and answering 999 calls. I mean, they have been cut to the bone. And it, none of these things, none of these things are, are by accident, honestly. I mean, when it comes to Sadiq Khan, sorry, if you're a white gay man watching this, because this came up last night at the RVT, what is so attractive about Sadiq Khan? I don't see it. I don't get it. Anyway, that's just an aside. Sadiq Khan has put Crested Dick on notice. Um, so I expect Sadiq Khan uh, to be gone very soon that's what I expect that's what I think is going to be the result of him putting her on notice honestly I really I, I, I don't know I don't know there was a point where I thought the establishment the status quo could be challenged and beaten and I don't think so anymore I just don't think so I don't think there's enough will I don't think there's enough strength and I'm sure Sadiq Khan will try his best, but like you said, look at who his other, I mean, look at who are other bosses, Pretty Patel. I don't think that they necessarily get on though. And so- Who doesn't get on? I don't think that Cressida and Pretty Patel will get on though. I don't know why. Anyone got on with Pretty Patel, I'm sure her and husband so if there's, I, I, <laughs> if there's a way to deflect attention from whatever else, then maybe Cressida could go. Have you got any gossip? What makes you think they're going to get on? You can't say. Well, remember where I used to work in, I used to work in Washington Street. And I've been told that, that the people have heard them having slanging matches in the building. I'd love to be there for that. I'd love to be there for that. I would really- but Obviously, because I think one's more, one's, one's more, is needed more politically than the other because you can always appoint another police commissioner. I mean, like there's so many of them around and you've got the other one who is still the right-hand person at PMQs, sitting and laughing and jeering and thinking that whatever he's saying is amazing when he could literally be saying, I had meetings this morning and I'll be having meetings this afternoon. Well done. PMQs, can I just, where the hell else could you work and behave like that? PMQs is like a six, it's like a public school sixth form um, common room. That's what it seems like. That's what it reminds me of. It's a joke. Imagine if you had a work meeting, Elaine, and your boss said something, you went, woo, woo, woo. 
my god you'd be so fired you'd be so uh, do please do that <laughs> it. it would be funny but like you would be so fired you can't be doing that kind of stuff do you know what i mean aisha if you were like at work and your boss had said something or said oh take you know i don't know take this tuna tartar whatever you know and you went tuna tartar you would be so fired. I responded. Or I can't another, pay for my job because I could be yeah. on stage and probably show my backside and people would be like... Oh, if I friend. called another colleague in a sarcastic fashion, you know, my right honourable friend, or, you know, that all of that stuff is just it, just the level of uh, uh, contempt. And, I mean, it's not yeah. taken seriously. And this is, this is our house where, uh, where um, you know, where our, our lives are governed from there. And people are there just basically taking the mick and laughing at each other and laughing at our lives. And, you know, more so obviously from the Tories, you know, Diane's not laughing, Jeremy's not laughing. Oh, dour face Jeremy. Yeah, because it's a serious business. People are literally dying. Have you heard this brilliant idea recently? Uh, they are oh, what's that? The food banks one. What about them? Is are now going to be able to prescribe healthy living, healthy food vouchers, so to so that people that are poor go to a GP instead of a food bank to get a food voucher they can then use to buy healthy food. So what they're trying to do is cut the food bank numbers down so they can go, we've reduced food bank numbers by sending someone to an overworked GP. <laughs> I can't deal with this. So what's different from the healthy start vouchers that the government used to have for people who were pregnant and receiving benefits, or is this for anybody else who's not pregnant now? I want to insert the blinking gif again. There is no difference. This is for everyone who's not, but it's essentially the same scheme. Yeah, because I remember when, okay, I guess cards on the table, I've worked in a few government departments, because I remember when we had the, um, even like, when did I leave, 10 years ago? That they had these and healthy short start, healthy start vouchers that they were giving to people who are pregnant or have kids under four and you could buy basic foods like milk or... Yeah, that's what Tony Blair gave to appease people while he was killing brown children in Iraq. And on that light note, um, <laughs> what are we looking forward to next week? Anyone got anything they're looking forward to? Elaine, what have you got going on? I'm well, out and about and working again. So that is very cool for me. I'm looking forward to that. I um, wrote a very good joke about which old white man and Islam, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, Elaine, what have you got going on? Well, um, I'm getting on my bike. I went on a bike ride last week. I did a 30 something kilometer ride and oh my gosh, like that was a lot of, that was a lot of action, you know, like a lot of action and it's been a while. And <laughs> no, I'm not going to be good. Like, sore. I don't yeah. want to be graphic, but. Yeah, and I've even got like padded, I've even got padded shorts. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got padded shorts underneath and my bike is, bike's clearly designed by people who don't have a delicate flower. That's all I can say. Next week, I'm doing one uh, from London Bridge to Battersea and back. And like, how are we going to get to London Bridge from Northwest London? Oh my gosh, I might have to get on the bike and go down there as well. Um, I'm not sure what else I'm doing. Lots of reading. So as I've said, I've shared um, that book that I'm reading. I'm also reading another book called um, Seven Days in June, which is a Mature, second chance romance book. So I'm reading oh, the one about the police officer. 
And second chance romance. Double your after second chance romance. You never know. You never oh, know. I'm so um, and <laughs> I'll see. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing really. Oh yeah, going out with my friends tonight. And to... Valentine's as well coming up. Yeah, yeah. So that's really nice. I'll be in my house. It's oh, a Monday. Isn't it? It's going to be in your house. That's I've already nice. started sending out my requests for presents. This guy's like, I'm going to be in Hong Kong on Valentine's. Like online shopping exists. Buy me something. Aisha, what are you going to be doing for Valentine's? I'm going to be in Switzerland. Yeah. Or in the next week. Yeah, from the 9th to the 15th. What? Yes. I'm taking my son skiing. You don't ski? I don't ski because. Oh, ski. Uh, good. I've done skiing. I've done I've been skiing with before. Sorry. Yeah, taking Rowan's his first time on the slopes. I know. Bless him. Are you, Steve? Oh, now excellent. you guys feel like I should ski because I just am not good at it. I don't enjoy it that much. So I wasn't going to ski because it costs money and I was going to spend that money on Van Show and Fondue um, because I'm a sensible person, you know, and it doesn't feel like a holiday. I'm not white. I don't need to do exercise when I'm on holiday. I need to relax. Brilliant. Sorry. No, honestly, skiing is brilliant. Skiing is amazing. Yeah, I've That's got where to go. So even getting up the, to, on the bloody cable cars, I was like, <laughs> I had to close my eyes all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that so part. Up there, I was fine. Um, I just, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I might try. I might go for a day because um, he'll be out all day. But I, I'm visiting family as well. So that would be really nice. So, yeah, I actually have a thing. That, yeah, quite looking forward to that. Really? Yeah, I'm looking forward to how much it's going to cost, though. Let's not think about that. Let's not think about the electricity. Let's not think about any of that. So um, we are back. We have some great interviews coming up. Uh, it's LGBT History Month. It's also Black History Month in America. So yes. we are going to try and actually uh, do some transatlantic interviews as well. And we also have some great LGBT uh, people from the UK that I've promised to do interviews with us. So thank you for tuning in to Black Women's Hour. Elaine, enjoy your dinner. Aisha, keep doing your hair. And, uh, they don't know that, Ava. Sorry. I think I've covered it up smoothly. You did, but I had to just tell people. So thank you very much, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, hold on. Shut We're up. still here. If there's anything about us being aunties, wait, I need to stop this. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.